Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to episode number 384 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the host, Nick Pollock. What is happening? I'm so happy I'm not hosting today. Yeah, Man, three I'm just, I'm just, up. yeah, I, I mean, I could do it, you know? I mean, I could do it, like, I could do I it, could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I prefer just, like, hanging out and be like, oh, let me just tell you about the things I want to talk about. And that's yeah. what we're going to do today, because I put out my top 100 on monday monday mm-hmm. evening i feel really good about it and i'm excited to talk about it uh, now first and foremost how dare you because you know what nick you're the kind of guy who takes drew rasmussen and one week he's 50 and the next week he's number 29 what's going on here you know what i mean <laughs> no they apo- they apologize on twitter someone no, okay. we were just joking around we thought that was kind of funny there was yeah, a comment reddit, yeah. uh, on reddit about that confusing our two lists which makes sense just joshing a little bit so we're, i want to jump into these changes because there's a good amount of them it's a great new list yeah jump right in fresh Let's off the do before we do, though, are there any general caveats? I mean, there's a, there's a good amount of notes up top that you wrote for the article. Are there any, I don't want you to gloss over all of them, but are there any like new methodologies that we should pay attention to? Are all well, of these, is case there is case? one, um, yeah. is that Peel Pro will have a big update tomorrow, um, by the way. Actually, if you're listening to this, I guess it's Wednesday. So, yeah, check out the site uh, midday sometime. You're going to see some stuff about Peel Pro. So you go look for that. You might see a discount in there as well. Um, so definitely check that out on the website, but I mean, I think I had a a shift a little, um, in two aspects of one, actually maybe three, one of favoring the injured guys a little bit more is traditionally how I work is I care about it. Uh, not at all at first in October, then I swing the pendulum back and say, all right, all right, these guys are injured. I don't really know. I'm going to be very conservative, play the 130 inning game, 140 inning game, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as we near opening day, when they seem healthy, I always push them up more and more and more. Yeah, it's it's that's it's just generally what I do. It might be more of the confirmation bias that they're healthy now and not looking at the six months. But there's also a very, I think, good argument that. If they are healthy in April, that's already part of the health risk that we were thinking about in January. That's three more months where they're still good. Mm. And then every single day into the season is a lower health risk, lower health risk. That's just generally how it is because there's less season, less time to get injured. So that's that's what you're going to see is me being a little bit more aggressive on on some of those injured guys. And then the other thing is the back half. I know I talk a lot about the first game of the year. Um, I found myself... Uh, a lot of those guys I was really into, then I was like, you know what, Jameson Tyone, I like you more than that. Mm. Or Carlos Carrasco's not looking very good. I'm like, I'm not as into you 
or Drew Smiley, right? And I, all of a sudden, that tier that I had created just kind of disappeared, <laughs> um, which then made it a giant mess. But then there were all these other guys that were just so interesting. So really, how does the tiers worked out, which we'll go through because you'll have a theme for me, which you're figuring out right now, um, is uh, we will, you know, we'll dissect it and uh, and go from there. But the third thing is that I talk a lot about who are the guys that you feel confident in that when you're dropping, uh, you're, you're drafting them, you're not dropping them through the year. I think that actually goes all the way to about 50-51 this hmm. year. Um, I, I feel better about the ones inside the top 40 or so, but those that are in the 40s here, I don't think you're going to drop. I, I just don't. And then how I'm going to be structuring my drafts is I'm going to go for maybe my fifth guy inside of that those 40s or so, and then I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to be going for a lot of the guys in the 50s and 60s, I don't think, because ADP will suggest that they go sooner in your drafts and I'll be focusing elsewhere hmm. and then returning likely for the 60s and 70s but then again it's my list and not everyone else's list so maybe I'll just get Kenta Maeda super late like I have like in every draft and uh, that's a fun time for me so that, yeah. that that's the difference in methodology for this one great exactly what I was looking for that let's let's dive in talk about some of the bigger changes here going through all 100 guys so we're going to speed through uh the 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 theme for today uh, is board games board games is the theme um uh all right so we're going to go through tier one uh which is Garrett Cole Corbin Burns Sandy Alcantara uh there's a swap at the number one what is this tier called and why is it called that there's only one correct answer it is chess I was gonna say it's got to be chess Exactly. This is why this is why I said there's one correct answer. It's just mm -hmm. a tried and true. Just you, you got these guys. Yep. That's the one. It's remarkable how like across all of chess games and like chess.com or whatever. I think it's like 50.2% favored for white versus 49.8 or something mm. for black. Isn't that insane? That is insane. Like you crafted such a perfect game. Per yeah. Ah, oh, and it, it, it's brilliant. So there you go. So Chess real quick, we, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, you're, you, listen, you want to choose Cole, you want to choose Burns. It doesn't matter. You're getting a very good picture. Yeah, but we both you know. chose chose Cole. So, yeah. So <laughs> what, what led to the swap? What led to the swap with Cole and Burns? Um, I think it was twofold. One, that uh, Burns, until I think last night or something, uh, Burns had been actually kind of shaky a bit in the spring. And I'm always just like, eh, you shouldn't be like horrific. Um, but more so, really, it's that PLV doesn't like Burns. Mm. Uh, it likes Cole more than it does Burns. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty much like shrugging. I will lean into my model more. Okay. Um, so I'm going Cole. Love it. All right, let's move on to tier two. This is four through ten. Shane McClanahan, Brandon Woodruff, Justin Verlander, Luis Castillo, Aaron Nola, Shohei Otani, and Spencer Strider. Those final four are all jump up four as uh, DeGrom, Wheeler, Scherzer fall a little bit and Carlos Rodon falls due to injury. But what is this tier called and why is it called that? This one's called Clank. I think that's actually my favorite board game. Huh. And I'm, I don't think you know it. It's really just just look it up, guys. It's really fun. It's a risk reward game. It's a deck builder. It's a good time. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're going to be surprised at how many board games I know. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. So give a quick, <laughs> uh, you know, the big change, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about as with DeGrom, Wheeler, and Scherzer, but that's a pretty significant jump. Is it just the innings concern that has you jumping them below guys who theoretically should be able to get you more? Right. So, so yeah, there's really isn't much to talk about tier two because all of it is just moving them ahead of those three. 
So we can just kind of move past tier two. We can go to tier three, which is called Settlers of Catan, because a lot of people love it. And I like it, but not as much as everybody else. And uh, Jacob deGrom, Wheeler, and Scherzer is why I'm saying that. But I also really enjoy, you know, having brick and wheat. Uh, not brick and wheat. Uh, or in wheat. That's my go-to. Got to get those dev cards in cities. Anyway, uh, Wheeler, Scherzer, deGrom, all injury concerns. And it's at a point where I, I, I'm spooked by Wheeler at the moment. I've gone back and forth on this. This podcast, I say this. This podcast, I say that. I know, guys. I get it. At the end of the day, also, it's like, all these guys are just so good. Take whatever is there and it's fine. Don't need sure. to reach for any of this. Um, um, Wheeler, we saw last year be back and forth at this time. And then he was okay. We also saw the forearm injury in August. And uh, I've also watched his two games recently where he didn't have good command. And it really wasn't, well, it didn't go well for him. And the first one, I was like, okay, I'm ready to brush this off a little bit. Then the second one was more of the same. And I, I can't help but feel like, with Wheeler, I'm so used to seeing, even when it was lower velocity, he was still in perfect control of everything going on around him, right? And it didn't feel like that here. Um, and that has me spooked. So I moved him down. The, the other three people on the tier are Freed, Christian Javier, and Julio Arias. Javier and Strider was, you know, two guys that you were constantly yeah. referring to in kind of the same sentence with one another. And now they're about, what, five positions apart. Uh, what led to the separation of the two? I know it's not really fair. Um, I think with Strider, it feels like he's more equipped to handle the full year. Uh, I know we've been back and forth on on this for a while, um, and I've con- I've considered Christian Javier like a clone of Spencer Strider. I, I maybe I'm just getting swept up in how fun it is to watch Spencer Strider. Um, I think it's really more of I needed to put Degrom Wheeler Scherzer somewhere, and I like at some point I need to draw the line. And I also really feel. Like Max Freed doesn't get enough of love. Oh, totally. Um, Max Freed is incredibly good with the floor. We talked about it with your podcast, um, and they were top fifty, um, where I feel like Freed has his extra gear kind of coming as well, um, that we haven't seen yet. So, I mean, Strider, Freed, Javier, really like in my mind, it's pretty much the same. It's just I had to I had to break it up somewhere, and it's like this now. But it, it's so minimal between Strider and Javier. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. It is so minimal, even though there's a. Five, I'm not trying to harp. It's a five position break. That's not that minimal. But that's right. But it is. But it's like you you have five different children. Fast. Are you gonna <laughs> say like my love for them is different, but then minimal? I mean, it's just I can't. Except can't one child, it. you put in a different tier, which I don't know if that's how children <laughs> works. <laughs> so you have I was a favorite to by the school district. <laughs> okay. okay, he's the smart one. Okay, <laughs> that's very funny to me. Uh, all right, great. Let's move on to tier four then, which is uh, seventeen through twenty-two. Kevin Gosman, Dylan Cease, Alec Manoa, you Darvish, Zach Gallon, and Shane Bieber. What's it called, and why is it called that? Um, this one is called. I uh, werewolves um and essentially so werewolves you guys don't know this it's like one night werewolf uh it's like mafia essentially okay. right and whenever i host a party generally by like midnight or so it always just evolves into playing this game tell me about it and <laughs> yeah you know, as you know having a kid for a year and um i just went reason- with all the parties of years that i attended <laughs> Yeah, right. Never. You never came once. I'm not a good person. You lived like 20 minutes away from me. By drive, yeah. 
by train. Uh, no way. Come on. Yes. Yes. You, you want me to take, listen, I love you. It's like you. a 30 minute walk. I love you. You're like a brother. I made you, that you want walk. me to take the G train? What kind of person? What kind of person are you? Anyone who lives in Brooklyn right now knows how ridiculous fast is being. No, the they know. They know. They're like, yeah, I'm not taking the G. What are you talking G? about? Are you it's, kidding me? There's nothing wrong with the G these days, fast. You've been gone for so long. It's unbelievable. A year. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> how could you do this to me? Look, anyway, the the whole analogy here is that when everything is all the, the hoopla settles down, you're settling with tier four guys who are still really good. So, I mean, not too many movers and shakers in this tier. Some of these guys drop or some of these guys go up. Because <laughs> of always, always crack me up movers and shakers. <laughs> the, Kevin Gosman, I feel like uh, literally, and I don't blame you for this because I definitely am in this way with a few guys. It's a, it's a, how am I feeling today about Kevin, right? Yeah. There's, it, there's so much going back and forth with him. So you, you settled him at the top of the tier. He jumps up four spots a little bit. That's what was it about again. Kevin Gosman that, separated julio urias from him and plv loves him plv loves him and i just gotta at the end of the day be like plv loves him okay yeah Um, i mean i I will say y'all plv is obviously going to be this really nice frame of reference it's not going to be the end be all by any means i would say looking at these ranks it's going to be like a five percent influence or something like that like at first i mean i'm going to learn how to use it best moving forward um tiebreakers like this it's going to be an influence. So I mentioned with Cole, I mentioned here with Gosman, but like this is me just wrestling. Um, and I pulled down Cease and Manoa and I, I feel like they're both still really good 18 and 19. Um, so it's really not a big deal. It's just like, who's available. Cool. Take one. Be happy. Let's move on. Quick hit on why Darvish jumps up for. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have, I don't, I don't really know who moved. I guess Rodon moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Musgrove moved. He was the 24, I think. And then... Got you. Um, but I... Yeah, Darvish, I mean, a little bit because PLB loves him. But I also do like uh, seeing that, yeah, he is changing a little bit of what he's doing based on what we've seen so far. So more sliders. Nice to see that. God, I'm um, so with you. I just me... hate that we're going to be like three months in. And we're going to be like, why did we fall for it again? But I'm with you. I'm, I'm, not fa- fa- I'm ready. This isn't falling for it, though. This is like standard affair for you, Darvish. What, in the 20s? You know? Yeah. Hmm. You know? Um, all right, let's move on to tier five then. I know if you're listening, it might seem like we're kind of burning through them, but a lot of the substantive changes are going to oh. come. Oh, the fun is coming, baby. Yeah, fun, I mean, the, because, the yeah, it's still the aces of dubs, right? Yeah. And we have 22 of those right now. Because of the loss of Glasnow and and Musgrove in mm-hmm. Rodon, yeah. But so yeah, now here we are. Here. Yeah. here we are in that interesting tier, tier five, twenty three through twenty seven. Carlos Rodon, Joe Musgrove, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez, and Lance Lynn. What's it called, and why is it called that? It's called Operation. Because mm-hmm. it's all <laughs> injured boys. Because <laughs> and Lance Lynn. Oh, I guess he came off the knee surgery. Yeah, he's he's an innings concern for health. Uh, Nestor Cortez with the the hamstring injury. You have the uh, Luis Severino throwing about a hundred plus innings last year. Musgrove with his toe and Rodon, of course, with his arm stuff. But here's the thing: like it could be Musgrove a week or two into the season, and then we forget about it, and he throws 170 innings. It could be Rodon, the same idea, you know. At this point, um, uh, that sounds great to me at this at this moment, and. 
I still have to rank them really high because their quality branding is, I think, better than tier six. Mm. Uh, so they're still here. Okay. Um, yeah. And we kind of settled on, you know, why, you know, I think in, in the podcast uh, about my top 100, about why Rodan settled into this kind of tier two, because like you just mentioned, you know, there's a lot of similarities here with some of these other guys about like, yeah, maybe you are still going to get 150, 160 innings yeah. of these guys. Um, so that, you know, people should keep that in mind when they see him falling 19. Um, let's jump down then to our next tier here, which is tier six, 28 through 36. Framber Valdez, George Kirby, Robbie Ray, Jesus Lizardo, Clayton Kershaw, Blake Snell, Hunter Green, Logan Webb, Chris Sale. A lot of guys to talk about in this tier. Some guys jumping up 11, some guys jumping up 8, some guys dropping down 6. The first thing I want to hit on, though, is there was a little flip-flop between Framber Valdez and George Kirby. Can you talk about that? Uh, well, first I'll tell you what the tier is called. Oh, yes. Excuse me. What's it called and why is it called that? It's called Twister. Because everybody's trying to figure out, like, everyone wants to get to the right spot on these guys, and it's just a twisted mess of, like, mm. the right thing to do. And everyone's laughing and falling over on their faces. <laughs> and there's that one person who's like, guys, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just like doing a crab. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who the crab is here. Help us find the crab fast. Yeah. yeah. But somebody's going to be the crab. Someone's going to be the um, crab. Yeah, that is... <laughs> I wish we like named podcasts like we used to. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be the crab? Who's going to be the crab? Framber Valdez over George Kirby. I watched George Kirby and I was really unenthused. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it or not, guys, I still, despite all the analytics stuff that we do, I still very much listen to my, my eye test a bit. Um, I believe in, uh, in that. And, George Kirby, the expectations for me this year, the why that I personally was like enthused about George Kirby is that here's a four seamer of the foundation and I want to see the secondaries come together. And I didn't really see much of a difference at all from George Kirby in his first or second and third uh, spring training outing. I just didn't feel like that happened. I'm then going to look at Framber Valdez, which has, which is so funny. He went four innings, four hits, one walk, one earned run, and four Ks. And you think, oh, yeah, that's good. You want to run. Low E Ray, it's a 225 E Ray. He's got a 9K nine, nine per nine and a 125 whip. It's mm-hmm. just such like a, an obviously Framber Valdez outing, right? Sure. But it just feels safer. It feels safer as, as George Kirby. I, I just didn't get that. I didn't get that flutter that I mm. wanted. And without that, I felt like, you know what? I'll, I'll put Framber Valdez at 28. Apparently, by the way, I'm like vastly down on Framber Valdez. Hmm. This is this is what I've been told. Would you say that? I don't know. Let me see where I have Framber Valdez. It can't be. I think you have him at like 26 or 25. So... But the thing is, you can't put him inside the aces of dubs. That's no. how I feel about it. Can't put him inside the top 22. So then I understand if you want to put him like above Lance Lynn. If you feel that way, great. Or Nestor Cortez. I love Nestor Cortez. His four-seamer has some of the highest induced vertical break of any four-seamer. PLV absolutely adores it. Winning ball club with the Yankees, blah, blah, blah. Um, and not the same whip issues of Framber Valdez. Luis Severino, just a really good repertoire. Like, I, I can't... With Framber Valdez, I can't anticipate the ceiling higher than 110 whip. And the other guys, I can 
And yeah. I just, I, I feel like it's going to be like a 120 whip season for Framber Valdez. Yeah, I have him at 23. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So you have him right after the Aces of Dubs. Yeah, I'm trying to see where Eno has him at 23 as well. Well, you know what? You're forgetting <laughs> about Devo. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Whip, well, guys. there's other guys in this tier that we want to talk about. Obviously, the biggest riser in this tier is a guy that you and I've had frequent discussions on. Oh, actually, sorry. There was one more thing that I wanted to hint upon Please. Um, when it came to George Kirby, though, which I think is actually a really important thing. But we're going to get to it after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. So I think I think people are listening and they're probably going to want to hear your perspective on this. Um, just so to play devil's advocate for a second and say, Nick, it's spring training. Like, are you really judging that yes. much on what these guys look like right now? Yeah, a bit, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think it's a decent indication of development. And a lot of times we, we see such, especially guys with like sophomore years. Um, we see indications of those things coming alive now. And I could be very much wrong. And I mean, moved him down two spots. I still have George Kirby in my top 30. Sure. Which is still expecting some development. If he doesn't yeah. have any development, he would be in like the mid thirties. So yeah. I'm just saying, okay, I was hoping to see a little bit to make my heart flutter. So fine, I'll give Framber Valdez, apparently the guy I'm already down on, <laughs> more love. And now yeah. I'm now I'm the bad guy again. Wow. I just like what? I just like Lance Lynn more than everyone else. And I get that. Because that I think sense. Lance Lynn is just like incredibly good. Could have like a one whip in a two seven ERA with a twenty five to thirty percent K rate for the White Sox. Like that sounds great. Why don't you want that? Well, you made a lot innings. of really good. You're worried about the innings. I get it, but it's fine. Just go. You definitely re- made me realize I was a little bit low on Lance Lynn. There's a lot of good points there, but let, let's talk about the number 31 who jumps up 11 spots, uh, and that's Jesus Lazardo. You just loving the new Velos? I mean, Jesus Lazardo is so good. He was he was so good last year across 100 innings. The the worry is how many innings you're going to get, and I get it. This is what that tier is. You have Lazardo. You have Kershaw. You have Snell. You have Chris Sale in here. Right, like I, I, I very much understand. It's not a foregone conclusion that Luzardo misses months of the year. It just isn't. It's not like it, it's not Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to say, all right, 130, 140 innings of Luzardo. I think his velocity, his velocity was at 97 and it touched 100, mm. and that's insane. That's like just this is peak Luzardo that we're witnessing right now. Everything I, I've been exposed to of him from his curveball and changeup as well just looks great. I'm all in here. Uh, I th- think Jesus Lazardo is going to 
have an incredible start the first or second week and everyone's gonna be like oh right i should have gone after jesus lazardo yeah 100 i guess isn't too surprising because he hit 100 last year um right well he had 97 in the before the injury yeah he was sitting that and that was incredible yeah he was like a legit like top 15 starter yeah um the other so we can't really talk about his Zardo without talking about a guy who falls below him which is a guy that in the beginning of the year quite quite high on it's not precipitously falling but hunter green drops down six to number 34 just kind of spooked about sustainability spring training stuff and the ballpark i really the uh the thing that we got excited about with corbin burns in 2020 entering 2021 were those six starts really that he had or so like six or seven um and we didn't really know if that would stick around than it was in spring training we both we both raised him in our ranks to about like 18 or so something like that and then he went off and became the top five starter right we were still behind in the market. Um, and Hunter Green's not looking like the guy from the second half so far in the spring. And I know, Nick, it's a spring training. I could be very much wrong. I still have a favorable rank here, I think, of Hunter Green at 34. What I really do want to amplify, uh, emphasize, though, is Hunter Green's success is directly correlated to four seamers upstairs. It's mm. not a question to me. That's what he has to do. Yeah. I haven't seen him locked in doing that so far. And to me, that says, oh, there wasn't necessarily something from the second half last year that made you at least be a more high lock guy. Like it's still up in the air with that volatility. And then you throw in the red situation and blah, blah, blah. And it just felt I'm a little too high on him. I'd rather go after the other guys who are really, really good mm. than Hunter Green. It's so that's the case of Hunter Green. It doesn't mean I'm out. It really doesn't. It just means that I shouldn't be favoring him above the other ones. Okay. Um, let's move on out to tier seven here, 37 through 43. Lucas Giolito, Joe Ryan, Grayson Rodriguez, Pablo Lopez, uh, Charlie Morton, Nick Lodolo, and Dustin May. What's it called? Why is it called that? It is called Scrabble because I feel like this is a, a bit of a tried and true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, like Joe Ryan, you feel like, yeah, all right, Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez is here, Charlie Morton, yeah, this should work, this should be fine, you know, let's, let's go and uh, and try to convince my grandmother that this two-letter word UT is a real word, please let me continue on, it is, UT, you can use that in Scrabble, I don't care what you say, grandma, um, but I, I mean, how's your boy in here, Grayson Rodriguez, we talked about him a lot uh, yeah. yesterday, we're not going to do that again, I just want to say he's at 39, and let's go. Let's yeah, uh, we had that conversation about him. There's a lot of guys that are, I think there's some optimism on. I mean, Lucas Giolito at 37. Oh, is yeah. That that's baking the, that's, in enough of. I'll be honest. Fact- you know how, like, you, you think of things and there's something in your head that you just assign to, and that's like the first thing you think about it? Sure. This entire update of the list, the only thing I remembered really starkly was Lucas Giolito at 37. Mm. Um, so, what? Talk about that ranking. It's a big one. I loved what I saw. Um, I I really do feel with guys like Lucas Giolito. If you remember his breakout, we noticed the arm change, arm angle change in spring training. We saw that he was pitching really well. People were like, oh, I can't believe it. I you know I can't buy in again because it was just so bad. Like, how could you ever suggest that he's going to be good? Blah blah blah. And what does he do? Becomes a legitimate starter, right? And Lucas Giolito looks much better, mm. like much 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 better than what I saw at the end of last year. Um, it's not 94, 95 yet from my understanding. It's closer to 93. 
Uh, and maybe people are waiting. I totally get it. They want to see the 94 on the gun with consistency. But watching how he was placing pitches, how everything looked, this this was Lucas Giolito of old in my view. Now, if we really knew that, it would be inside the aces of dubs, right? It'd be in mm-hmm. the top 22. So here he is at 37. And I feel as if he's grouped in other guys that have some decent concerns. Not really absolute locks, but I feel really good about Lucas Gili right now. I feel like he hit the Riesta button a second time. And I I don't know if it was with you. Maybe it was somebody else um, who was talking about uh, getting back up after after bad seasons. And uh, if it wasn't you, oh man, what was this cast I was on? I don't know. I was talking to somebody uh, who uh, it was essentially saying, look, like they just got beat up. And now here they are, they're having to fix it. Oftentimes I kind of, they like buying into it. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. with Giolito. So uh, I'm in. Certainly been there before, having been beat up in his past before he made that change that altered the shape of his career. The other, you know, there's a few guys we could theoretically talk about in here. We're not going to be able to talk about all of them. But the one that I do want to hit on, though, Pablo Lopez drops one. Pablo Lopez is two full ticks up on his velocity. I didn't even know he dropped one. I think that's because I had to push up Giolito and Sale and Luzardo. Okay. And Grayson Rodriguez. But him him sitting 95 on his heaters is Yeah. I think there was a couple things involved here. Um. Again, I'm shocked. Also, 40 for Pablo Lopez is, I think, higher than ADP. So I'm still in. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a couple things. One, it's WBC. And that, I think, has something to do with the velocity peak. Um, it's not like Pablo Lopez hasn't sat 94.5 before. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've, seen, we've seen that. He sat 95.5 in this. He sat 93.5 last year. Like, we've seen games where he's been a tick up or something like that. This, I think, was that situation. Uh, it was also not a full five innings. Um, it wasn't six innings, something like that. And I'm not going to read so much into it. I am excited, though. It is really fun. He's still also pretty much four-seamer change. But he did throw a lot of curveballs in one spring training game. I think that's what you're supposed to do in spring training. Maybe yeah. something clicks or something like that. I don't think it quite did. Um, it's great. I'm excited. Uh, but... I had to raise the other guys instead. Give me a real quick reason as to why Dustin May rose nine. Uh, well, a lot of our conversation uh, was was great about him, mm-hmm. um, you and me. And you know, I don't. I, I might come across it sometimes, like I know it all. I certainly don't. And no one does. I, <laughs> uh, you have an effect on me fast now. Um, I think I was overlooking uh, him. He had a fantastic spring start. Um, a lot of things came out of that talking about how uh, he wasn't himself last year. There's a lot more things that he has working out. I, I watched a lot of that game. Um, command was way better. He was getting whiffs on secondaries, which is good for Seamer. Hopefully is something that he's going to be featuring more than sinkers. And I would think the Dodgers would lean on that. So it all just kind of adds up to you know what Dustin May feels like someone that you'll be wanting to start with consistency. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I think I was underrating the Dodgers defense before. I was pretty much saying it was going to be terrible. But then Miguel Rojas is a better defender than Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of a wash with Muncie was at second last year. Now he's going to third. Then you have Justin Turner and Vargas. It's just like, all right, it's all 
It's all yeah. fine. It's still going to be favorable to pitch yeah. for the Dodgers. So he raises up to 43. Still not top 40, but yeah, draft Dustin May. Um, let's move on to tier eight then, 44 through 51. Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, Logan Gilbert, Reed Detmers, Freddie Peralta, Tristan McKenzie, Chris Bassett, and Hunter Brown. What's it called? Why is it called that? <laughs> uh, I feel like it's called Telephone, which I know isn't a board game. Well, I'm sure they made it a board game. I'm sure. They made yeah, it at some a, point. Yeah, they made it a board game. Because it's one of those things that like, I as it passes along through the weeks, all of these guys will shift around again. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it will never be what you originally wanted it to be. And I mean, there's so many here. Which is, which one do you want to talk about? There's there's so many things to talk about. Um, I, I You know, I never like to focus on the negative, but it is important to talk about the two biggest fallers and Gilbert, who falls 10 and Chris Bassett, who falls 13. What do you think? What was the reasoning behind that? Oh, yeah. I thought you wanted me to just go in. I got you. OK, <laughs> Logan, Gilbert. <laughs> Logan Gilbert isn't doing anything new. Yeah. Oh, the splitter. I watched it. The splitter is a splitter from not that isn't a Gosman splitter. Like it, it, it's not this pitch he's going to lean on. I don't, I don't see anything new. And this is more of an indication of there being so many exciting pitchers rather than Logan Gilbert being bad. This is why I said 51 or like the guys I'm like, yeah, go get that. That's cool. You won't regret having these guys when they start. Right. So Logan Gilbert stays where he is essentially in my heart, uh, but uh, but all these other guys, I just felt like you got to chase instead. And Chris Bassett might be coming back up. Uh, I'm I'm well terrified of the Jays situation. He's getting older. Velocity is coming back a bit, but I don't feel like I need to go after Chris Bassett. I feel like there you might as well just chase these other things. There's so much depth this year that like. Me settling for Chris Bassett isn't worth it. Sure. So I brought him down to 50. Okay. Um, Reed Detmers falls one. Um, yeah. That's not too much, but, uh, you know, you, you've already been on this, but we were we were added in a tweet from Jeff Fletcher today. Uh, 95, about, 97. Yeah. And 89, 91 on his slider. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Now, obviously, I want I want to push him up. I want to push him up yeah. above Dustin May now. After yeah. seeing that, I, I mean, I want to see. I want to see it happen one more time. I want one more game of it hmm. in the spring. But yeah, I, I'm I'm back on the Reed Detmers train. Hmm. The yeah, reading was... railroad. <laughs> Even I, I was out on him. It's it's difficult to deny uh, what that velocity is going to do. Oh man, for he's him. sitting 95, 97, hmm. and that guys, guys, with the Reed Detmers. Why was Nick so encouraged? Because when he had a slider getting whiffs down and into right-handers, the four-seamer playing up at 93-94 was much better. And the curveball, I don't think, is a below-average pitch. I think it's an above-average curveball. It's not a overwhelming whiff pitch or something like that, but this is a good pitch that he trusts to get strikes with. You throw in 94-97, to 97, an actual like elite velocity now. The difference between 94-95 is, I think, the largest jump of uh, of any velocity of being a much better pitch, and then it goes. Oh, it goes. Oh my god! If he's sitting like if he's sitting ninety five, ninety six, that's huge. It's gonna make his slider that much better. It's gonna make everything that much better. Um, he can be a legitimate top twenty pitcher this year, okay. even if it's an Angels. And maybe the Angels are doing a five man and not a six man. It's not ruled out. Mm-hmm. Uh big for Otani if true. 
Yeah. Um, let's uh, let me give you. You know, we can't move on to the next year until you give us at least a quick reason as to why Hunter Brown rose seventeen. I imagine it's just because he, last time we didn't know if he was in the rotation, and now he's in the rotation. Yeah. Um. That, that I had him outside of it. Uh, around 70 I was like you know what Hunter Brown could still make the rotation so like all right I'll put him high-ish I think in the top 70 and now he's there and it's just yeah I think Hunter Brown's just gonna help you it's the Astros you want to pitch for the Astros he's better than Urquidy uh he's I think he's better than Garcia I have Garcia in the next tier so it's not really not that far off but I feel like Hunter Brown gets it and then by the time that Lance McCullers is actually pitching in full again he just started his throwing routine apparently uh, but like tossing I it's I think there will be something else that has Hunter Brown there. I also do want to mention very quickly, Tristan McKenzie dropped nine spots. He's at 49. I've seen him in like the top 30 for a lot of people. Mm. He has looked horrible in the spring. And the thing that I wanted to I actually even said best shape of his life is most important to me for Tristan McKenzie, because if he gained muscle, it could mean that actually his command would be more stable through a star and less volatile the more strength you have the easier it is to repeat your mechanics and Tristan McKenzie didn't do that I was worried about his command all of last year and everyone was upset at me because I refused to raise Tristan McKenzie as he still did a sub three ERA and here he is looking bad in camp and I'm just terrified I'm just like there are so many good pitchers I'm just not gonna draft Tristan McKenzie I just can't do it so I hope I, I hope it goes well for him. I really do, but I just can't do it. Okay, let's move on to tier number nine. She's still got a good amount of guys to get through here. 52 through 61. Sorry. That's all good. Kota Sanga, Jordan. You're the one who's that is the out, not me. Kota, yeah, Kota Sanga, true. Jordan Montgomery, Kenta Maeda, Michael Kopech, Tyler Glasnow, Andrew Heaney, Tony Gonsolin, Sonny Gray, Luis Garcia, Brady Singer. What's it called and why is it called that? It's called Parcheesi because you're at a point of like, you're going through your grandfather's closet and you're like, we got to play a game. And we're just, mm-hmm. you're just relieved. There's a game. Yeah. And like, all right, I can, I can live with this. Good. Yeah. I can get behind that. Jordan Montgomery rises 10. I dig it. I dig the, the jump up here though, but I'm curious as to what the impetus was for it. He's yeah. He's solid. You know, I, I, the way I was looking at this entire tier was you're jumping for things. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, like, I don't dislike Jordan Montgomery. I think he's a valuable player on your teams. And I think I was maybe pulling him too far down because of that first start, um, which is not going to be favorable for him as the the Cardinals face both Toronto and Atlanta to start the year. Mm-hmm. Still, you're not going to want to drop Jordan Montgomery likely through the year. So fine. You get 53. I don't love it, though. But OK. Tyler Glasnow makes sense. Falling down to 34. Uh, falling down 34 spots to number 56, excuse me, I imagine just purely injury fueled. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of the, it, this is the area where you're able to take those risks, right? As I was talking about 51 being the halfway point of all those guys before it, I'm not going to drop after that. I don't expect to necessarily drop like Kodai Senga and, and Maeda and Kopech, but like I'm okay wasting a draft pick on Tyler Glass now at this point. Yeah, I love the pairing with Andrew Heaney because there's a lot of similarities there. Um, Luis Garcia, another guy that you kind of seem to have been kind of a love-hate relationship with. He jumps up 12. Uh, are you finally shaking what was the, the probably the most prevalent cutter ever thrown in your mind? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. It was a slider, by the way. It was, uh, oh, to was Jorge it? Soler. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. That was a pitch. I, I mean, it's look, guys, I know I'm a pitching boy, but man, <laughs> it was so satisfying seeing that home run. There are home runs that are just so, uh, John Carlos yeah. Stanton home runs are something else. Sure. You know, the that Jordan Jorge Soler was insane. Who's Jordan Alvarez? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. There's, there's something so beautiful about it. Yeah. It, it's, it's maybe it's like the most bittersweet thing of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Luis Garcia is better than I've been giving him credit and he pitches for the Astros. And I just think to myself, look at all of these players. Yeah. Luis Garcia is on my team. Like, I'll be happy with that. He'll help me out. So I, I, I was undervaluing him a little bit. We have 40 more pitchers to get through, including a lot of unranked boys who were not uh, in the top 100 last week. And we're going to get to them right after this break. All right, we're back. Let's jump into tier 10 here, 62 through 72. We're talking Jack Flaherty, Tyler Molly, Jamison Tyone, John Gray, Zach Eflin, Kyle Wright, Patrick Sandoval, Nathan Eovaldi, Alex Cobb, Marcus Stroman, and Tyler Anderson. What's it called? And why is it called that? Um, that's a great question. I <laughs> uh, all right. This one is going to be called Clue. Okay. Uh, everyone is going to tell you all these different narratives for all of these players as to why they are the one that should be on your teams. Mm-hmm. And in end of the day, there's only one right answer. Okay. We've talked about some of these guys in the past. We've talked about Tyone a little bit, Gray a little bit. So I want to get to Zach Eflin, who rises 12. We haven't spoken too substantively about him, uh, the highest paid player in Tampa Bay Rays history. What is it about Zach Eflin that has you bringing him into the mid-60s? Because he did it with a candlestick mm-hmm. um, in the hall, which is such a weird thing because it's not a room. Sure. It's only one to me that's like not a room. Okay. It's the hall. Yeah, yeah, let's go on about this. Yeah, keep going. How? <laughs> but like, doesn't that bother anyone else? All of them are actual rooms. I'm opening the door into the hall. So but I was the just hall? in. I was just in the hall. Uh, I see. So the hall is not just, a room. It's not a room. Why it's is a there a room in Clue? Sure. Why? I hear that. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's going to um, do it for episode number three eighty four. Um, Zach Eflin, I think, is a solid pitcher. He's always had a low whip. He has a low walk rate a lot of the time. And you like to think that the Tampa Bay Rays can get the most out of him. Um, 404 ERA last year. Uh, I like his early matchups. I think the curveball could come back and be effective. And we're in this tier of guys that we're, if we're drafting them here, we're hoping that they're productive early out of the gate for our teams and not necessarily holding on through the year. So Eflin is a nice one. It's like, all right, I need something here. Sure, let's just try Zach Eflin. That's okay. it. Not simple. Kyle Wright falls 11. I I, 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 I don't have any interest in this. And the shoulders also already got a core zone shot. So mm. like get out of here. Yeah. You know, not too big of a fan either. You know, it's like, like all these play people are flying and he's a Wright brothers for seven seconds. Like, okay, yeah. that's the story of Kyle Wright's career. <laughs> There's uh, <laughs> listen. Anytime I see a person who's jumping up, over 20 spots it seems like there's been an ideological change for you with them and that happened with uh, with nathan eovaldi who goes from the mid 80s to 69 I mean, what are you thinking about eovaldi that had you turn fast, around here? come on fast this isn't a hard one why he threw 96 hmm. he was throwing 94 before he threw 93 
And then he's first game in camp throwing 96. We're like, all right, there you go. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, then there's, of course, the side tightness that he had already, you know, but it seems like he's on schedule to start the season with the Rangers and great. What about Cobb? He jumps up 12. He has a new slider and he's performed really well. And I haven't gotten a chance to actually like watch it yet because it's stupid, but he has a new slider and the the quotes are that is really good. So I'm going to say like, all right, well, at least there's intrigue now there and that could work out. I mean, that's what happens now. We're at, we're at 70. So all of this is like the end of your draft. You should have a rotation that you're already like, this is amazing. This is great. I feel so good. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Luzardo and Julito. This is so awesome. And now it's just like, all right, I just need to to hit with something. Sure. So don't feel like this is your statement, these picks. Just try and find something. Anything that would lead us to them being great is what matters. And if it doesn't, you drop them in a week. You know, yeah. so Alex Cobb, new slider. He can throw strikes with that, so he's not super, uh, I don't know, uh, obvious throwing sinkers. Great. That makes him better. Tyler Anderson falls 10 to 72. I think this is a, a nice spot for him because I think some people, some projections I've seen are way, way out. Um, and I don't think he's going to, it's not like he's going to completely forget the changeup that revamped his career. I don't think it's going to be as good and he's not going to be on a, 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 as good of a team anymore. But I kind of like him settling into the early 70s here. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a Toby. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and look at tier 11 here, 73 through 82. A lot of fun here. We start to get some of our unranked guys. Trevor Rogers, uh, Hayden Wisniewski at 74, Matthew Boyd, uh, 76 is Sean Manaya, Spencer Turnbull, Edward Cabrera, Domingo Herman, Ross Stripling, number 81, Noah Syndergaard, and Steven Matz. Closing out the tier, what's it called and why is it called that? This one is called Risk. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because no need for an explanation safe. there. <laughs> yeah, no need for an explanation there. The you know there's a there's a good amount of uh, unranks here. I mean, Domingo Herman likely jumps up 14 because he's in the rotation because that Yankees team cannot stay healthy through spring training, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I I'm calling it risk because like it can all mess you up in a week. What I really should be calling this is something like, oh my gosh, this is the fun. This is like the exciting tier. Yeah. And every time you play the game Risk, you have all these ideas. Okay, I'm going to roll well and take over Africa. Then I'm going to stockpile over here and like, sure. okay, I'll take South America. They won't realize it. Yeah, do a treaty over here. No problem. Yeah, we're fine. Okay, yeah, yeah. let me go in over here. You know, yeah, that yeah. that's what you're doing at Risk. It's like exciting a lot of the time. But then like you start playing three turns later and you're like, Okay, I'm just so happy I have Australia. And like, yeah. please just don't touch me. Best place to start. Yeah. It, I know, where you just dump everything in Australia and then you, you get Siam and then you come back and they like, exchange Siam with someone else. The problem is if nobody takes Siam back, you know, then you got to give like an extra three armies to get that one. Maybe you don't get it. It's it's tough. It's a tough world, asleep. fast. Um, <laughs> you world. fell asleep. So, yeah, so all of these are really interesting. Trevor Rogers, I don't need to tell you anything more. The Hayden Wisniewski has the the job for the Chicago Cubs as an SB number five. He is it. I don't think that anyone is going to beat him at this point. His mm. stuff is really good. I think Wisniewski is a really fun one to go after. Now, Matthew Boyd, who's uh, who's that? <laughs> I never heard of him. Never heard of him. Uh, 92.5 on the fastball is what it was before Tommy John, which is great. Change looks good. Slider looks like it used to, which is really good. Shaman is apparently throwing 94. Got confirmation again at 94. So 
there was uh or in 96 it's funny this is what i do in the morning i go on twitch fast mm-hmm. i do my two hours doing the plus pitch podcast and gathering all the notes and everything like that for it. do it live answer everybody's fancy questions come check it out i had nothing on shamanite because the giants stink they don't show on tv they don't have any readings sure. nothing so i'm going through twitter i just type the guy's name and i'm trying to find something some random guy is like oh man shamanite just hit 96 like you know pretty much like it's on the scoreboard whatever it was and i was like thank you jake yeah <laughs> no nothing absolutely yeah. nothing except for jake so weird and if all any of you are listening to this and you're going to some of these spring training games please please send me a dm post a tweet with their full name and say what the velocity is yeah it, you have no idea how helpful that is mm-hmm. you have no idea so thank you jake for apparently i shamanaya's fastball is is doing well still that's good spencer turbo's looking filthy uh, Edward Cabrera has still a changeup and curveball that are good, and he pitches for he has the number five spot, as you mentioned, Domingo Herman. Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling, I I'll be honest with you. I kind of thought he had a higher K rate than he does. Yeah. Even with low. a good changeup. It's not yeah. that high. So I actually have him with the uh with the ratio focused tag. Mm. Him, Syndergaard, and Steven Matz. But the thing is, Syndergaard gets Rocky Road. And Steven Matz is looking really good in the spring. So all of these guys could be really valuable for your teams. Mm. It's but there is risk. I dig the Matt's one too. I'm surprised Matt's was why wasn't Matt's uh, ranked before in the top 100? He was at 105. Mm. I had no idea. I, I didn't know like if he was alive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, all right, let's uh, move to tier 12 here, 80 through through 91. I'm talking Justin. St- Eel, Garrett Whitlock, so much. Graham Ashcraft, Kyle Bradish, Carlos Carrasco, Alex Wood, Mike Clevenger, Yusei Kikuchi, and Jose Barrios. What's it called and why is it called that? This is the... Uh, can, do you know any Russian? Mm, da. Uh, it, is the, it is the Russian game in, in the closet. Like, you don't even know how, it, how to play it. Okay. Uh, you're just like, I need entertainment. Sure. <laughs> And I will sit here and make up my own rules for this to work. Okay. And that's, that, that's what it is because that, that's what it feels like justifying some of these picks. So we've had a, we've had a few. A f- I, I wrestled a little bit with including Graham Ashcraft because there's a lot of promise there. Um, he's got two very good pitches by Stuff Plus uh, and by PLV, I believe. But I'm, I don't know. Sell me on, sell me on including Graham Ashcraft in the top 100. I... He throws really hard, and maybe he's better than last year. <laughs> okay. I mean, I that's, don't. That's, but he threw that's really, really hard it. last year, right? I, and I said maybe he's better than last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he has that that one quality that we want, but then what's the shape of his pitches, right? Um, and I, I am very curious to see what uh you know what his fastball slider cutter looks like. Um, because I've I've been talking to him or talking to him and talking about him in a way that's like a Rasmussen light um, playing a lot with cutter or slider. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't really want to go for it. That's why it's 85. I mean, I have him next to your boy Bradish. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> My boy Bradish. Something uh, 19th century British play. Guys, it has been 384 podcasts now. Yeah. And I hope that some of you have been around for 10 of them. 
But I, but more than that, I know Alex Fast's difference. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Okay. I know them. And I just got one for Bradish saying he's right above your boy Bradish. Hmm. That was a little distaste. That was a little shade. I recognize it, Nick. All right. Bradish is better than 86. No, 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 no. You know what? It's a it is a true you got the tone, but not the interpretation. Right. Right. It is a like I understand the fears you have about Bradish. It is correct, but I don't like it. Yes. It's that. It's like I don't know right, if he's yeah. eighty six. I also don't know if I want to uh, to be associated with him as my boy. Is what I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're on the nose a little bit. Yeah, three hundred eighty four podcasts. That's how long it took. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, with Bradish, it's I'm worried about the cut fastball on it. Carrasco has been down on his velocity, and I'm kind of worried about it. Still, it's not as bad as it was in the beginning, but still, I mean. It's hard to read too much into it because it is spring training. These veterans, they've had quotes about like, hey, I'm just ramping up all that stuff. But still a little bit. I'm Look, I don't see why really risking it for Carlos Carrasco. I wasn't even in on last year. Um, and then Mike Clevenger looked good in the game I saw. Yusei Kikuchi's getting all these whiffs and so fine. And then you got this guy. Yeah, Barrios falls 24. Yeah. Do you disagree? Um. Well, I want to hear your reasoning for him just because he's Aww. looked so poor in spring. Because I I just can't make a decision. And this is a philosophy that I have where if I am going to watch a game of somebody and doesn't matter really what they do, I won't have a different opinion. Like he's not he's not changing. He's not any different. And I'm just throw up my hands. It's like why I didn't break Herman Marquez for so long. I would always push him down farther than everyone else after that glorious 2019 season or 2018 season. Because like you can't you can't get logic with him like you can with other one else, everyone else. And I feel mm-hmm. like that with Jose Barrios. And I don't want a hipster on my team, a headache-inducing pitcher stifling the entire roster. That's what Barrios would be. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, the final tier here, as we head into our last sort of the seven tier 13, 92 through 100, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo, Eduardo Rodriguez, Aaron Savali, Jose Arquiti, David Peterson, Tywin Walker, Merrill Kelly, and Brandon Fott. Uh, what is it called and why is it called that? Ooh. This is called Monopoly. Hmm. Because... You might land on free parking. Oh, okay. But you might also go to jail. You might also go to jail, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, very good. Very good. The the largest faller uh, is Jose Urquidy, who drops 26. You just think there's not really enough there to give you enough Velocity is down, and he's been really bad, and it's. I feel like there's something going on. Okay, all right. David Peterson, I imagine, jumps on the list because he's... Well, Well, actually, it was even before today. Uh, today's very encouraging because David yeah. Peterson threw harder. I, mm. No, no, a harder slider by about two, three ticks and intent to elevate. Like actually did the Blake Snell blueprint, had a lot of success in today's game. I think he has SP5 above Tyler McGill. One quote that came out about Tyler McGill, I've been really yeah. down about him being two ticks below velocity. And yeah. apparently McGill is trying to do the thing off of Scherzer saying, Oh, no, no, I'm going to save my bullets like the old vets have taught me, and I'm not going to go as hard as I can right now. What I see is a guy who's trying to get the fifth spot in the rotation, and he's holding back? 
Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I see that as a convenient excuse. Hmm. And I hate to say that. We've seen those before, many a time in the spring. Like, oh, don't worry. There's this quote that says X, Y, and Z. And that means sure. that it's not, he's not hurt or, you know, he's just, no, I, I, I'm just getting back into this. And it's more the same. And I see that with a grain of salt a bit. Um, maybe, and this is me wanting to jump on the Tyler McGill train. But as of right now, I think David Peterson has an SP5 spot for the Mets. And that means he's at 97. And likely, I would be putting him closer to 80 uh, if I had to do this again after today's game. Okay. Let's end then with uh, the way that we always do, our favorite way to do it. Brandon Fott, number 100. Talked a little bit about him yesterday in, in my 51 through 100. But let's get some additional thoughts about why he's, he's the new hundo boy. He's the best uh, my league stash in my view. Mm. Um. I, everything I've seen from him, fastball is amazing, uh, slider is amazing, good command of it, and he is the next one up. It's not going to be Ryan Nelson in my view. I think it's going to be Brandon Fought. Ryan Nelson is kind of scaring me with the lower velocity, especially after the shoulder injury. And all it takes is just like Zach Davies being like the most terrible thing <laughs> or just one person getting hurt and Brandon Fought will be there. Mm-hmm. So I feel in many ways that if you just have a moment, in your leagues where you're like, oh man, I need another guy. Like I have a good rotation. I don't need to start anybody right now. I'll just hold on to Brandon Fott for a moment. I would suggest doing that. That makes sense. Um, I think he can make a huge impact the second he arrives. Nick, we did it. We have your new top 100 draft season is upon us. It's hot and heavy as it has been for the past week or so. And I've we got hope Tal Wars, baby. Oh, this week? Uh, yeah, on Saturday. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. I can't wait to talk about that team. Also, uh, you actually might have already talked about your labor team with someone, right? I talked about my labor team. Did We we talked about your Tau, did we not? We talked about my Tau team. So we're going to have to talk about your Tau team relatively soon. But that is a topic for another time. But Mm -hmm. now that is going to do it for episode number 384 of On the Corner, the official PitchList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 